Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you would follow with me to Acts chapter 12 in your Bibles today, I want you to be looking up those scriptures. And I want you to be mindful today because I'm going to forewarn you that in the course of today's service, you may see some things happen that are a little bit out of the ordinary. They're not going to be what you're used to. They're not going to be what you would expect. But I want to go ahead and forewarn you and tell you that these things are happening so that you won't be surprised. Okay? Everybody, you're not going to be surprised. You're going to say, Pastor, I know things are going to happen in the service today. I'm not going to be surprised. If you're a first-time guest, don't get uneasy. We don't have any boxes of rattlers or anything anywhere in the house, okay? All right? So just, just hang on. Just know that there's some things going to happen, but don't be surprised, okay? Don't be surprised. You know, it's an exciting time to be a part of the body of Christ. It's, it's always been exciting to be a part of the church. As we read through the book of Acts, that book of Acts accounts for us some of the uh, very exciting times in the life of the early church. We read accounts in Acts chapter 1 like uh, the, the preparation of, of the ascension of Christ and the ascension of Christ when the angels are there and Jesus ascends into the clouds and the angel appears and said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing? Uh, because this same Jesus that you've seen taken from you in like manner is coming back again. That's exciting. We turn the page over to Acts chapter 2. We see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church and the ensuing revival that spread over the known world. And we just, from there, we continue to witness the many, many ways that the power of God moves and works through his body. And it is truly amazing. I'm like Brother Daniel now. That'd be a good place for an amen. But it is truly amazing. And today... I want to take you back to a time in the book of Acts that seems reminiscent of the times that you and I are living in right now. It's a time when the Spirit is moving and the tides of revival are going to move the church to some exciting places. Now, what did I tell you at the onset of this message? Look, Jim's over here fumbling, so let me just... Well, you didn't think I was going to let them have all the fun, did you? Come on, now, how many of you were surprised? I saw a lot of you jump. You were surprised. You weren't expecting that. I told, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? I told you it was going to happen. Some of you would be surprised if it happened again. See? Look at that. I told you it was going to happen. And you're still surprised. Oh, Jesus. 
My message for you today is that when you see the work of the Spirit, when you witness the mighty acts of God, and you hear the testimonies of answered prayer, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Church, we need to be living with an expectation that God is going to do everything that He said He was going to do. You see, sometimes we have the same reaction with God that we had here this morning. I told you just minutes before that some interesting things may happen. Don't be surprised. Interesting things, different things happened. And guess what? You were all surprised. In this passage that we're going to look at today, we're going to see some exciting things from the life uh, of Peter. We're going to see expressions of faith. Uh, We're going to see faith-filled actions that cause people to be imprisoned for their service to God. Some that even lead to martyrdom. Prayers of believers for miraculous deliverances being answered. We're going to see the response of God. How that God answers prayers. God is going to intervene in miraculous ways. He's going to respond in accordance with the promise of His Word. And it never ceases to amaze me the responses of people, myself included, sometimes when God acts just the way that we have believed for Him to act. I like it. Uh, I saw some of you jump again. Now, you've got to understand, I told you, interesting things would happen in the service today. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Look with me, if you will. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And this happened during the festival of unleavened bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing, handing, him, over to the guarded by, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each, Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So the first four verses here kind of give us some clues as to uh, that sometimes we can be doing everything within our power to please God. We can be walking in accordance with His Word. And guess what? Trouble is going to find us. Christian, you don't have to look for trouble. It will find you. Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, if the devil, listen to me. Honestly, child of God, listen to me here. If the devil is not causing you any resistance, it's because of one of two things. Number one, either you're not moving against him... In other words, you're just simply standing still, you're singing the song, you're hearing the word, but you're a hearer only and not a doer. You've not made any motions towards liberation from the ties that bind your life. You've not made a motion towards the liberty that Christ brings. 
Or number two, you're moving in the same direction. The momentum that the moment that there's a shift in your life and you gain spiritual momentum, you become public enemy number one in the eyes of your adversary. Some of you in recent weeks have been around these altars as the Spirit of the Lord has begun to move and you have made new dedications and new consecrations in your life and you've said, hey, from this day forward, this marks a tipping point. This is a time, this is a season when I'm going to go after everything that God has in store for me and I'm going to tell you right now that the moment that you you purpose in your heart to follow after God wholeheartedly. The adversary's coming for you. He's coming for you. He's going to bring you trouble. He's going to bring you despair. He's going to bring you heartache. And you say, Pastor, why? Because he knows the potential that is bound up in the life of one individual that is going to pursue God's destiny for their lives. And he'll do anything because if you get set on fire for God, there's a good chance that somebody else in your realm of influence is going to get set on fire for God. And if we all together get set on fire for God, then there's going to be a change in this city. There's going to be a change in this community. There's going to be a shift that begins to take place. Nobody's ever paid you any attention before. But the moment that you bow your knee and you yield your heart and life to the power and the presence of Almighty God, the devil has noticed you. Moses before the burning bush, stammering before the Lord, telling about his inadequacies. Gideon was the least of the least of his father's household. Even old Peter had failed so many times. But when the anointing of God meets the frailty of man, all things are possible. And the devil will be worried because his kingdom is about to suffer loss. But I want to tell you today, church, prayer obtains the promise. So verse 5 begins here, picks back up and says, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. He was locked up. His fate was certain. Peter was going to meet the same fate as James here momentarily. He was going to fit the category as he later would, but he's going to fit immediately the category of martyrdom if God doesn't intervene, if something doesn't happen. What are we to do with the trouble we face? What are we to do with our cares? We're to pray according to the promise. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We, in other words, we're to go in before God with confidence and not be surprised when God does exactly what he said he would do. So here sits Peter bound in chains in prison and the church approaches the throne with boldness and they're lifting up Brother Peter. 
And Herod's about to bring him out and do what had been done to James. But the church is praying and believing God for Peter's protection. And the angel of the Lord shows up. You can read down there verse 7. I think we have a slide for it. And, And the angel said to Peter, get up. The saints have been praying. God's been hearing. And your deliverance is drawing near. And in the name of Jesus, I hear those chains falling. Get up, Peter. Get your clothes and let's go. Follow me. We're going out of here. We're just going to let those guards sit here and rest. We're not going to bother them. God is actively answering prayer. Just what the people had prayed for, God is performing. And right now, the only person that knows it is Peter. And Peter thinks it's a dream. Verse 9 says, so Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. (laughs) Now we're not through with the fulfillment of promises obtained through prayer here. Verse 12 says that they came to an iron gate. Now understand, this isn't like approaching your mama's swinging screen door here. This is fortified. It's secure. It's huge. This was the last piece of security that separated the prisoner from the city outside. It wasn't just something there that was swinging in the wind. And the word says that as they approached it, it swung wide on its own accord. It wasn't its own accord. It was the power of God. It was the power of God that caused that obstacle. You know the word says that God can close doors that no man can open and that he opens doors that no man can close. Can I tell you an entire garrison of army couldn't have closed that door that had been opened for Peter in that moment. No, 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 no. The power of God was at work effectively meeting Peter's need and that door swung wide before him. Isaiah 22, verse 22 says this, I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court, and when he opens doors, no one will be able to close them, and when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. Now, here's some things that you and I as believers, we better recognize. See, Peter here reached a pivotal point in this experience. And at this point, It proves to be pivotal for many of us as well. Because Peter had thought for a moment that all of this was just a vision. But the word continues here in verse 11 and it says this, Finally Peter came to his senses. (laughs) I like that. Some of us need to come to our senses. Sometimes i got to tell you as the pastor of the church, I'm standing here on the front row and my hands are raised and I begin to wonder about what's going on in service, the flow of the service, the way things are moving, the way people are responding. And I begin to say, dear God, would you do this and would you do that? And then sometimes I just come to my senses. And I stop and I say, Holy Spirit, I trust you. Whatever you're doing in this place right now, it's right. Just just help us as your people to be sensitive and receptive to what you're doing because we don't want to miss it. So many times we have so many preconceived ideas and notions about how God should move and the way he should do things. Sometimes I believe we miss 
what God is actually up to. This could have been one of those moments for Peter. He was thinking that it was all just a dream, but the word here says he finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent an angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders have planned to do to me. I want to tell you something today. You may never be in, be, have been to prison. You may have never been bound with chains, but too often for many of us, God's answers have shown up just as it did with Peter and we we think we're in some euphoric state and it's all just a dream and later when all the excitement settles down we're left in a state trying to decide if what we think just happened really happened or not some of you today we're going to give you an opportunity at the close of this sermon to come around this altar and believe God for healing in your body to believe God for healing in your family to believe God for healing in your finances whatever the need is we're going to give you an opportunity today to believe God for greater things. Our prayer team is ready. Our pastoral team is ready to pray with you and stand in agreement with you and not be surprised when we see the hand of God moving in our midst. And on the way out of this place today, by the time you can get to the door, the adversary is already going to be trying to convince you that whatever you received from the Lord wasn't really what you thought you had. It was just a moment of emotion. It was just some kind of euphoric experience. But it really wasn't the power of God at work in you. Church, it's time that we wake up and we recognize the God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that we ask or think. He is a miracle working God. He's a mountain moving God. He's a way making God. And he is able, Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that, what I've committed to his hand until the day of Christ Jesus. Your little problem may seem big to you, but it's under his feet. He's got it all under control. He's got the answer already. You see, when you don't recognize the work of God in your life, you're apt to return to the same prison from which you were just delivered. Suppose Peter never came to his senses and he found himself standing in the courtyard. He would have been hauled right back to the same place that he just left. How many of you are tired of coming and laying things on the altar? Going out the door, getting up on Monday morning and picking them back up again. Going back to that same bondage, that same prison over and over again. That's why every time you leave the altar service, the devil's trying to convince you that nothing really happened. It was just an emotional release but, or something else, but nothing more. That's why every Monday morning the adversary greets you with a thought that says what you got yesterday at church was just at church, but it's not for the real world. Because if you'll reason it away, you'll find yourself on the avenue of liberty, scared to death, making your way back to the bondage that you were just delivered from, hoping you can get back before anybody recognizes that you were gone. When you get it together in your heart that whom the Son has set free is free indeed, you'll know that you are free and you'll go to Mary's house.
You'll leave the chains laying. You'll leave the guards sleeping. You'll leave the iron gates swinging in the wind. You'll shout down the city streets, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. But one essential thing that you and I need, church, is childlike faith. As Peter knocked at the door of the gate, her girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, the word says, she didn't open the gate, but she ran and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Now here's where it gets real. When she heard Peter's voice, she was so excited that she ran back into the house to tell the folks who were praying. And the people who were praying said to her, I believe that Rhoda was a new believer. I believe she was a new believer, and here's why. Some of us who have been in church long enough think that we know everything about the way that God's going to operate. We know all the parameters. We've determined in ourselves what is possible and what's not possible. We say that with God all things are possible, but because we haven't seen it, because we haven't witnessed it, because we haven't handled it or tasted it or touched it, we begin to determine things for ourselves. There's a commercial that's been playing on TV of late, and it says, so you don't know what you're doing. Good. You don't know what the limits are. You don't know what's impossible and what's not. In other words, maybe somebody who's a little more experienced maybe knows what the boundaries are, and they don't test the limits. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to faith, sometimes we need to forget what we think we know. And we need to say, we need to be like Ezekiel when God said, Son of man, can these bones live again? Ezekiel said to him, Lord, I don't know. Only you know whether or not these things can live again. From the human perspective, it was an impossibility. But through the eyes of faith, he said, God, only you know whether these bones can live again. I'm telling you, some of you, I'm talking to somebody in this place right now. You're facing what seems like insurmountable difficulty. And right now, the Spirit of the Lord is beginning to challenge you. And He's beginning to ask you, Son of Man, can these bones live again? You're looking at dead situations. You're looking at dried up places in your life. And you're beginning, God's beginning to ask you right now, Son of Man, can these bones live again? And the answer in your mind needs to be, instead of saying to God, God, they're very dry. Lord, they've been there a long time. God, I've never seen you do this before. In other words, we need to stand up and respond in the Spirit and say, God, I don't know. I don't know if my husband will ever come back home again. I don't know if my child's going to get delivered from their drug addiction and be saved. I don't know if that financial problem is ever going to turn around in my life. I don't know what's going on in my marriage is ever going to get straightened out. But God, you know. You know and you are able. She kept insisting and she kept insisting until finally they conceded that maybe, just perhaps, it might be Peter's angel. I want you to consider the ridiculousness of this for just a moment with me. 
And we're going to soon close. But I, I imagine that they're standing there in a circle holding hands because that, that's the only Christian way to pray <laughs> is, is in a circle holding hands. Right? So they're, they're there and they're standing and here comes Rhoda. She's rushing into the house and she wants to say, hey, look what the Lord has done. I mean, she is feeling that testimony welling up inside of her. And she said, hey, Peter's at the door. They said, hush, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. Praise God. Lord God, we trust you for our brother's release. Lord, send him back to us soon. <laughs> Glory to God. Lord, we know that you're a miracle working God. Lord, we... And she's tapping them, insisting, and they're just like, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. It can't be. Lord, we just trust you. Is that not how you read it? Brother, be healed of your sickness in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He's a healing God. And Lord, I trust you that everything works out good at his doctor's appointment tomorrow. I'm not telling any of you not to seek the help of a physician if you need it. I'm just telling you, don't pronounce doubt on the tail end of asking for a miracle. Verse 16, here it is, here it is. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and they saw him, <gasps> they were astonished. My Lord, it worked. The girl continued until they relented and finally some reluctant soul went to the door and Peter miraculously had been delivered from prison and was standing outside and had to keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking until somebody would believe. I want to tell you today, church, I believe it's a shame that there's a lot of you that the miracle is standing outside of your door knocking and knocking and wanting to get in if we would just believe and open the door. Why is it so hard for us to receive the fact that we serve a miracle work in God? Why is it so hard to not only ask according to the promise, but believe according to the promise? You know, it's one thing to believe in theory. There's a lot of people in the church that believe in theory. It's another thing to believe in practice. And faith is a practice. Faith is not a theory. Faith is an action. Jesus said, John 14, verse 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater than these because I am going to my Father. 
and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Church, don't be surprised when the lost are found. Don't be surprised when the sick are healed. Don't be surprised when the bound are delivered. Don't be surprised when God touches your body. Don't be surprised when your home is healed, when your children are made whole. Don't be surprised when God not only shows up, but when He shows out in your situation. Our altar team is coming. I invite you to stand all over this place today. I'm not trying to excite you. I'm not trying to sensationalize this moment. I don't need to hype you up. And I don't need to oversell the power of God because I can't. And you say, Pastor, what if, what, if, what if you call for people and nobody gets healed? Well, that's not my problem. I'm not the one who said I would heal people. What about the prayer team? Don't you think they'll be demoralized? No, I don't. Not if the perspective's right. Because my reliance is not on me. It's not on any formula of prayer. But it's on the power of God. And it's on the simple premise that if you would today by faith step out from where you are and say, God, I want to open the door to my miracle. I don't want to be skeptical anymore. I don't want to be doubtful. But I want to be filled with faith. I believe before you ever reach this altar to stand in agreement in prayer. That based on your response of faith, God will heal you. Before, by the time you get to this altar, you may have a testimony for the altar worker. I mean, you, you may be among the ones that come this morning and say, you know what, when I left my seat, I had this thing in my life, but right now I sense in the Spirit that God has released it. I believe I'm healed in Jesus' name. I believe my infirmity has been touched. I believe my answer has been dispatched. Right now, whatever it is, I want to challenge you by faith just to step out from where you are. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. When God meets you here at this place, don't be surprised today. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.